Hello, and welcome to the Westside Church's special podcast. Good morning, everyone. Grab your Bibles, turn to Titus chapter 2. We'll be making our way over to Titus chapter 2 here in just a moment. Such a pleasure to be with you all this morning. I'm especially grateful that you've made the choice to be here this morning. You know, Sundays are the best day of the week, but they're especially a good day when you're with people that you haven't seen in a while, when you're with your friends, when you're with the people of God, worshiping and honoring God. And that's what we're here to do this morning, to study in His Word. And I hope you'll walk with me as we look through God's Word this morning. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, go to Ethiopia to do some work with the brethren there. My father-in-law has been going to Ethiopia uh, for a number of years, nearly 20, or over 20 years actually, and he invited me to come and work with him. And as you can imagine, that was a pretty life-changing experience for me, uh, to see people who, who live with uh, significantly less than we do in very different circumstances than we do, and yet live with, with such joy. It's, it's profound and it's life-changing And I know all of that sounds really cliche, but when you see it and you have to look those people in the eyes, it it changes you. But it was even more enlightening to see that even though these people had a very different life than I do, they still worship the same God that I worship. They still read the same Bible that I do. They're still saved by the same gospel that I am saved by. It was profound And it was life-changing. But the thing that stuck with me about the Ethiopian people had less to do about their faith and more to do with just their way of life. Because most of the Ethiopian people walk everywhere that they go. As you can see on this screen behind me, there are long stretches between the villages and towns that they live in. And most of the people there, they have roads, they have transportation, but they walk for the most part. In fact, there was one place that we went to teach and it was out in a very remote village in Ethiopia, And there was no one there that had walked less than 10 miles to come and hear us speak. It was amazing that these people had walked to come and hear us. And that's pretty normal. These people, they understand what it means to walk. And they also understand the value of walking with someone. You know, because those roads are long and sometimes dangerous... They don't walk by themselves if they can help it. They walk together. They understand that camaraderie is important. And the Ethiopian people, I grew to appreciate about them, this about them. The Ethiopian people believe that no one should walk alone. You know, we lose some of that in our culture, don't we? Our individualistic culture, that, that we, we have our bubble, and, and I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps, and I'm going to take care of myself, and, and you're welcome to join if you want, but this is about me. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of value in learning to walk with someone. Because it taps into what I believe is God's greatest desire for mankind. And that is for us to walk with Him. In fact, this is a theme that we see from the very beginning of the Bible story. Think back with me to the book of Genesis. After Almighty God speaks things into existence and He creates this world in a magnificent, in a wonderful way. But then what does He do? He steps down in here and He walks in the garden. He puts His arm around Adam and He says, I'm here with you. And, and this wasn't just some casual stroll through the garden. This is, this is God having an intimate relationship 
with Adam. He wanted to be close with him. God wanted to walk with him. But because of the way God designed mankind, he didn't force Adam to walk with him. In fact, one of the greatest tragedies of all history is that despite God walking to Adam, Adam walks away from God. And it breaks God's heart. You, you know what it says there in Genesis chapter 3. God looks at him and says, what have you done? Because God knew. God knew that when Adam made that choice to walk away from him, things would be changed. And as the Bible story continues, we see this downward spiral away from God. As humanity continues to choose to walk away from God, you get to Genesis chapter 4 and God comes to Cain and God pleads with Cain, even though he is caught up in his anger, pleads with him. Don't open that door. Don't walk through that door. But what does Cain choose to do? He walks away from God and chooses to kill his brother. And Genesis chapter 5 highlights just the devastating effects of sin as men choose to walk away from God. Genesis chapter 5 tells us that so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so and everyone dies. The common refrain in Genesis chapter 5 is that everyone dies because that's the effects of sin. When you walk away from God, there is no life. There's only death. But in the midst of Genesis chapter 5, there's this one little glimmer of hope. There's a man named Enoch. And the Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God and he didn't die. You see, in a not so subtle way, the Bible reminds us that walking with God is good not just for the here and now, but it's good for all of eternity. Because walking with God leads to eternal life. But just one chapter later, in Genesis chapter 6, Noah comes onto the scene. The world has once again gone into corruption the thoughts and intentions of man's heart were evil continually and wicked. And God just decides, I'm going to wipe it out. I'm going to start this thing over. I'm done. But the Bible tells us that Noah found favor and grace in the eyes of the Lord. Because he walked with God. And God saved him. See, the Bible makes it very clear that walking with God is the way that we want to live. And the way that we ought to live. But far too often, humanity has chosen to walk its own way. In fact, the majority of the Bible story is very negative in this regard. As people are choosing their own way, the way that seems right to them, they're walking away from God. And they're suffering the consequences of life away from God. And it's a sad commentary as you read through the Bible story. But for all of those negative stories... The Bible offers us stories of hope, of people, of men and women who chose to walk with God. You think about Hebrews chapter 11, that great chapter of faith. People who made hard decisions and hard choices and chose to walk with God and sometimes suffered because of it. But we see the outcome of their faith as they walked with God was eternal Life. They did amazing things. And as we read their stories, they inspire us to hope in God. And it requires our attention. I mean, that's why they are put in the Bible story. But here's where I want us to focus our attention this morning. As inspiring as these people in the Bible story may be, their choices don't determine my future. Their actions don't determine my relationship with God. Unless I choose 
to follow their lead, their story really gives me no hope in the future. And so here's the thought I want to propose to us this morning. I believe that your choices matter. I believe that your choices matter in your walk of faith. And let me give you three really good reasons why you should believe this too. They matter first and foremost because God chose you. God chose you. You think back to the beginning of the Bible story. There, here's this almighty creator of the world who spoke things into existence, who needs nothing. And yet he sends a very clear message from the very beginning through his actions that you are important, that you are valuable, that he wants to be with you. You know, we often talk about Jesus and how important it is to follow Jesus. And the rationale to send Jesus can easily get overlooked in what we get out of this. We are saved. Look at what God has done for me. We need to understand that Jesus' arrival in this world was a deliberate choice by God. And a deeply personal choice at that. You guys know the verse, John 3 verse 16, For God so loved the world... That He gave. He gave His only Son. He gave His very best because God chose us. God wants to walk with us. And as John would say in John chapter 1, this is the epitome of grace. This is the greatest gift that we could receive. Grace upon grace. And what makes this so profound is that God made this choice for a world full of people who couldn't care less. For you and me, when we were still sinners, and we didn't care about walking with God, God chose to send His Son. Now, for God to give so much is compelling. And it should force us to not only ask why, but to consider what He wants, because nobody would give so much without expecting something in return, right? Isn't that, doesn't that make sense to y'all? No one would give so much without expecting something in return. And this is exactly what we see from the God of the Bible. This is especially true with Jesus. But this is God's pattern throughout all of history. Every time God revealed, every time God acted, every time God in some way inserted Himself into the Bible story, it's with some sort of expectation that it would be reciprocated. And this is profoundly demonstrated in the Exodus account. Think back with me to the book of Exodus. When Israel is in slavery, God delivered Israel from Egypt. God used His mighty hand to bring them out of Egypt. He brought them to the edge of the Red Sea with their enemies pursuing them, closely behind them, and all they can see in front of them is no way. There's the Red Sea and there's these enemies and God made a way. And God destroyed their enemies. And they get to the other side of the Red Sea. And what does God do? He drop them off and say, hey, let you out of slavery. Good luck. Have fun. No. God comes to them. He says, I wanted you to know who I am. I wanted you to know what I could do. And by the way, I want to be your God. And I want you to be my people. You see, God did something with expectation that people would come to Him, that people would be with Him. He opens that door. He chose them. But there was still a choice that they had to make. 
Their choices matter. Paul would sum this up for us here in Titus chapter 2. That's why I've asked you to come here this morning. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse number 11. The Bible tells us in verse number 11 of Titus chapter 2, For the grace of God has appeared. That's talking about Jesus. The grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation for all people. What an awesome thing that God has done. He has reached out to us. He has given us a gift that we don't deserve. The grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation for all people. But why? Notice what he says next. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. You see, he has done all that. But it's to teach us something. It's to teach us we need to live differently. That if we want to walk with Him, we have to change. We have some choices to make. You see, God chose you. But you still have a choice to make in this matter. You know, every day we are confronted with choices. Different kinds of choices. What what we're going to eat, you know, some of them are pretty insignificant. You know, what we're going to eat for breakfast, what we're going to wear. And while these choices may not have dramatic impact in the moment, every choice is taking us somewhere. Have you ever thought about that? Every choice is taking us somewhere. In fact, the Bible wants us to see that our choices are not neutral. Even in the small stuff, your choices are moving that needle in some direction. And let me give you an example. If you choose to eat junk food, which, let's be honest, we've eaten a lot of junk food this weekend, right? All of us, yeah? Am I the only one? No? Okay. If you choose to eat junk food, it may not affect you today. In fact, it may be a lot of fun today. It may feel great. You get that sugar high, you're feeling good, you're with your friends, drinking that Mountain Dew, right? That choice may not seem to affect you much today because your body, it can handle it. But you do that for several days in a row, you do that for a week, you do that for a month, you're going to start feeling the effects of those choices. Upset stomach, lack of energy, headaches, right? Those choices are taking you somewhere. Why is that? Well, it's because you've developed an unhealthy pattern. That's not good for you. And it doesn't happen at first. It doesn't happen with that first choice. You don't see the effects of it yet. But it's moving the needle in that direction. Now, eating junk food may not seem like that serious to you guys. But think about how this taps into a bigger principle that we find all over Scripture. You reap what you sow. Right? You reap what you sow, meaning your choices now, just like that farmer who chooses to plant and water the seeds now, it's going to determine your future. Your choices now determine your future. Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Your choices now, are they're taking you somewhere. And listen, you're not going to hear that much in the world. People don't want you to think about the consequences of your choices. In fact, you're more likely to hear things like, you know what, you're young, you only live once, live today, live your truth, do what feels good to you. That's the message that you're going to hear. Don't worry about the consequences. Those, those things, you can deal with those later when you're old. People don't want you to think about the consequences. They want you to have fun right now. Those things sound good. They feel good. They allow us freedom, right? To take control of our life. For now. But you need to recognize this way of thinking 
often overlooks the outcome of your choices because you can do whatever you want now. But once you choose a path to walk down, you get everything that comes with that path, both the good and the bad. You need to seriously consider the reality of your choices because your actions today are taking you somewhere. There's no such thing as a neutral choice. In fact, there are some choices that you can make today that will affect the rest of your life. Think with me about the story of David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11. He had an affair with a woman, got her pregnant, ended up murdering her husband. But you know how all of this started? The Bible tells us in 2 Samuel 11 and verse number 1, David should have been off fighting for his country. You see, David was in a place he never should have been, seeing something that he never should have seen, and the snowball kept rolling. His seemingly insignificant choices morphed into an ugly situation that not only affected David, but it affected everyone around him. You know, you may not believe it. You may not believe it. But your choices today are just as significant as the choices that David faced. When you choose to be lazy with your time, or you choose to indulge in something that no one will ever know about, what you are doing is you're setting a precedent in your life. And while it may seem okay for now, you need to know there will always be an afterwards. Choices have consequences. And choices are not neutral. But let me flip that coin over for a second. Because it's not all negative. And we need to recognize that the Bible wants us to see that it's not all negative. In fact, the powerful message of Scripture is not just that we have great challenges, but that we have great power to make right choices. Isn't that what Paul says? I can do all things... Through Christ who gives me the strength. Now look, he, we often talk about that in an athletic context. He's not talking about, I can win this race through Christ who strengthens me. I can jump over this wall through Christ who strengthens me. That's not what Paul is saying. What it means is that God has shown you how to make good choices through the example and the life and the teaching of Jesus Christ. He's been through what we've been through. He's experienced what we've experienced. He has suffered in the flesh. He has been tempted in all points as we are yet without sin. And listen, his time on earth was no walk in the park. The Bible makes that very clear. He suffered. He struggled. It was hard for him. He was hungry and tired. And I'm sure there were moments he wanted to give in. You think about in the garden before Jesus was crucified when he's praying in his will is coming head on with God's will. And he's sweating drops of blood because he says, Father, if it is possible, I don't want to do this. You ever felt that way? <laughs> Jesus knows what we're going through. And he shows us how to overcome the things that we're going through. In fact, Peter would tell us that he left us an example that we might follow in his steps. By Jesus' example, we learn that we are not slaves to our circumstances. We have the power to make right choices. 
Because God has shown us how through Jesus. Now my guess is, most of you here this morning on a Sunday morning at the 9 o'clock service, you guys know, you know what Jesus did. You know the persecution, you know the struggle that Jesus faced. But you need to know, Jesus didn't just go through these things to take away your responsibility. His example empowers us to know the right thing to do, the right way to engage these moments of temptation so we might walk in his footsteps. There's a story that the Ethiopians like to tell about a man who was a missionary out in the African bush. Now, if you know anything about the African bush, it gets real thick, real fast. And sometimes it's difficult to find your way through. And this missionary, as he is out traveling, he, he lost his way. He couldn't find the way back to the path. And it just so happened he ran across a man who was a local. And he explained the situation to him and he said, Can you help me find my way back? And the man agreed. And so they set off into the African bush. And it got pretty thick. And so the, the native pulls out his machete and he starts cutting through the bush. And he's cutting this path for them. And the missionary, he, he's following this man. He's got a lot of confidence in this man. But after a while, he gets to looking around at that bush and he doesn't see a path. And he's worried, does this guy actually know where we're going? <laughs> Can I trust this guy? And so after a while, he taps that man on the shoulder and says, Hey, I, no disrespect, but, but I don't see a path around here. Are you sure we're going the right way? And the man turns around and he says, In this part of the world, there is no path. I am the path. I am the way. And my friends, that's what our relationship with Jesus looks like. There are times when we are going through life and it's getting pretty thick. And we can't see the way ahead. But you know what? We know who we're following. And we've got to trust. When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, we've got to trust that he is taking us where we want to go. And we need to know that we have the power to make good choices regardless of circumstance because we have someone to follow through it. But we must choose to walk with him. We must choose to walk with him in obedience. And what that means for us is that knowing is not enough. God doesn't simply want you to know all the facts about Him. You know, it's important to know what the Bible says. It's important to learn about the nature and the character of God. But relationships go so much deeper than just knowledge. You know, I don't memorize all the facts about my wife to develop greater intimacy. I do life with my wife. I live with her every day. I apply what I know to develop that relationship, to please her, to make our relationship better. And in the same way, God wants us to walk with Him, to do life with Him every single day. He wants to be our God. He wants us to be His people. He has chosen us, and He has shown us the way to live, but He doesn't force us. In fact, the profound 
truth of Scripture is that you don't just happen into this way of life. It is a life that you learn, that you're shown, and ultimately that you choose. My friends, your choices matter. Your choices matter because they show who you're with and they show ultimately where you are going. I want to end this morning with a story, another story about a, a lady who was a social worker. and She worked with, with a number of kids throughout her time as a social worker, but there was this one, this one young man who was very impressive to her. He, he had a, a, a walking impediment. And she, as she worked with him through his case, uh, she became very attached to him. In fact, she became so attached, she, she decided to adopt this young man, to bring him into her home and to help him. And one of the things that she did is she sought out these doctors who could help him walk. And, and he had surgery after surgery after surgery to, to try to help this impairment that he had. And it worked. And eventually, this young man was able to walk. And not only was he able to walk, he was able to run. He was able to excel. In fact, he became a great athlete. He went on to college and played college sports. And he excelled in running. And as she reflected on this situation with some of her colleagues, the woman said, you want to, anybody want to guess where this young man is today? What he's doing today? And some of them said, oh man, that, that, that young man, he's got to be doing great things. He's got to be, surely he's a social worker like you, right? Or, or maybe he's a doctor helping other people. Or maybe he went into ministry. He's got to be doing something to give back. And sadly, the woman looked at them and said, no, he's not doing any of those things. He's in prison serving a life sentence for murder. She said... We spent so much time teaching him how to walk. We forgot to tell him and teach him where to walk. My friends, knowing is not enough. Knowing is not enough. We are made in the image of the God who believes that no one should walk alone. But more importantly... We have a God who wants to walk with us. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, teaching us how to walk with Him. We can know and we can be certain of how to walk with God by His grace. My question is this. What will you do with that grace? I believe your choices matter. And you should too. Let us choose to walk like Jesus. And to walk with God. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Westside Church of Christ podcast. For more information about Westside, you can connect with us through our website, justchristians.com, and our Facebook page. Our music is from Upbeat.io. That's Upbeat with two P's, U-P-P-B-E-A-T, where creators can get free music. Please share our podcast with others, and we look forward to seeing you again.